You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hi from the Customer Treasury Service Unit of AIB and welcome to our weekly update on Tuesday, June 18th. I'm Gavin O'Carroll, AIB's Chief Economist. Oliver Mangan joins me to discuss a critical week ahead full of central bank possibilities. Just firstly, we're going to touch on the UK leadership debates Channel 4 Sunday night, uh, we had the first of the PM debates and the next is tonight, Tuesday on BBC. And Oli, Boris is odds on for party leadership at this stage. Absolutely. He did very well in the first round of voting. Uh, he's now been backed by some Remainers and there's almost positioning going on among his fellow candidates for position in this cabinet. I mean, it seems like game up at this stage. As we said all along, I mean, the key for Boris Johnson was to get on the ticket that would go to the membership. Uh, the MP select two candidates. Boris is hugely popular among Tory party grassroots. So once he gets onto that ballot paper, he's almost certainly going to win the election. So he had a very strong result in the first round of voting. Uh, he'll gain more uh, in today's voting. So he's you know odds on to be the next Tory leader and prime minister. Now, that is beginning to impact on markets. Um, we have seen stirring soften in recent weeks on the likelihood that a Brexit tier will become the new uh, prime minister in July. So, you know, Boris Johnson has indicated that he's going to take the UK out of the EU with or without a deal at the end of October. So that's obviously creating great uncertainty. Now, it's hard to see how that can be done, uh, given the mood of Parliament, which doesn't support a no-deal Brexit. But at the same time, it is adding to uncertainty. Stirling has softened. Now, it's worth reminding ourselves that it's still within the range of the last couple of years. I mean, it's still in that 85 to 91p range. It's up around 88, 89p now. But it has softened in recent weeks. Um, the euro has risen and the dollar has risen against stirring on concerns that, you know, the prospects or the risk of a no-deal Brexit has risen uh, with the likelihood that Boris Johnson will become the Prime Minister in a couple of weeks' time. Ali, as you say, sterling softness uh, has been apparent over the last uh, short while with increased UK risk uh, looking forward. And some of the importers on our customer sides have, have taken the opportunity of buying sterling up towards 90p. Um, but it is in that very tight range. I think let's move on quickly. We need to get to the deadly serious and main focus of this week. It is a critical week, as we said, for financial markets. There's been a rally broadly in markets recently, and you'd mentioned just before about the S&P, where it's at year to date, and the bond yields as well. Yeah. I think this is the most important week we've had so far this year for financial markets. The central bank meetings, particularly the Federal Reserve meeting, is hugely important for markets. Now, the data have held up reasonably well in the US, but the markets have rallied strongly on expectations or their belief that the Fed will cut rates this year and that there will be a series of rate cuts in the US. I mean, the President Trump has been calling for a 1% cut in US rates. Markets are beginning to price that in. So we've seen the S&P, the stock market, up by 15% year to date. Uh, that's helped other stock markets perform. European markets are about 12-13%. In terms of bond yields, we've seen the yield on 10-year treasuries, uh, that's the government paper in the States, fall from 325 down close to 2%. I mean, that is a very, very strong rally. In a short time. In a short time, in the last six months. And it's all built around these expectations that the Fed will cut interest rates. They're even expecting that the Fed could cut rates next month in July, uh, a further rate cut later on in the year, and then two further rate cuts. Uh, They're all 25 basis points, so full 1% reduction in rates maybe over the next year. As I say, it's, you know, the data have held up pretty well. Um, So it's hard to see the grounds for the rate cuts. 
And the last time the Fed published its forecast, it would publish a new forecast this week on rates, was, was three months ago in March, and it actually said it would keep rates unchanged this year and increase them next year. So um, that's not what the markets are anticipating. Now, I think the Fed will, you know, the Fed's a very difficult balancing act here. If it's seen as completely ruling out rate cuts, uh, you know, it could generate quite a correction or a sharp fall in markets. Uh, the Fed will want to avoid that. But at the same time, it want, would want to make it clear that um, its policy is driven by real economic data, not expectations of markets or oxygen for markets in terms of lower rates, or it's not driven by pronouncements from the White House. So it's it's in a very difficult position this week. Uh, I think the language will be hugely important. Uh, I think what they may do is indicate that if required, they're certainly prepared to cut interest rates later on in the year. But markets are actually building themselves up for a rate cut next month in July. Uh, that early, even though we saw the economy grow by 3% in the first quarter. We've had data on Friday showing strong growth in retail sales in May, a pickup in industrial output and manufacturing activity. So uh, I know the labour market data, there was a softness in in the employment figures, but I mean, the unemployment rate in the States is at a 50-year low. It's 3.6%. Now, it is true that inflation is below target and... um, the Fed may consider a precautionary rate cut just in case there's a slowdown in activity to get out in front of it. But in terms of a series of rate cuts in total 100 basis points, it's just not in the data of the present time. So as I say, the Fed has a very difficult job to do this week in terms of managing market expectations, but at the same time trying to anchor policy around real economic data uh, and not what markets are expecting. As you say in your article today in, in, in the Irish Examiner, the Fed faces a difficult balancing act. And when you look down through the evidence, uh, as you've said there in terms of, OK, there, there may have been a bit of a slowdown in manufacturing and housing, but the consumer consul- confidence remains very strong. Household spending is showing continued solid growth. And you mentioned the unemployment rate near 50 year low. Here we are again saying this is the longest expansion on record this month of May yeah, in the US cycle. Yeah, it will be quite around this month, June, uh, the US expansion becomes the longest on record. It's a passes the one of the 1990s under Bill Clinton's presidency. So it'd be rather ironic if the following month, uh, having hit that record, rates started to be cut. Uh, so I said that you know, the Fed has a very difficult job this week in terms of managing those expectations. And we look across the water then to the UK, we have a Bank of England which has seen a very uh, marked tightening in the labour market, a pickup in wage inflation. Wage inflation has picked up towards 3.5%. Uh, inflation slightly above target. Normally, that would be a recipe for uh, higher rates. And indeed, the chief economist for the Bank of England was out a couple of weeks ago saying, we're getting close to the point where we, we may need to increase interest rates. But then you've had a global slowdown, you have signs of a renewed weakening in the uh, UK economy, and you have the ongoing uncertainty around Brexit, and that's going to last for the rest of the year. So I think, you know, the Bank of England... Uh, you know, the market's view is rates are going nowhere in the UK for the next two or three years. They're going to be left unchanged. So again, I think the Bank of England, despite you know the comments from the chief economist, the signal will be uh, rates are on hold here. There's too much uncertainty. And obviously, you know, we don't know which way Brexit will break over the balance of the year. Uh, obviously, a no deal Brexit will have very negative implications for the economy. So I think the Bank of England has to sit tight and keep policy unchanged. And we also have the Bank of Japan out. Um, and again, I think rates will be kept, the, the, the rates there are negative, so I think we'll have unchanged policy in the Bank of Japan as well. I remember we had the ECB a couple of weeks ago indicating we're keeping rates low and unchanged for a prolonged period of time, but actually they discussed cutting rates uh, or reactivating their quantitative easing program uh, at that meeting. 
So, you know, central banks are really key for financial markets at the present time, but really the focus is on the Fed this week and, and what it says, what it, what changes it makes to its interest rate projections. Does it actually go go as far as going from a rate hike to pencil a rate cut? The circumstance of when it might, in which you might cut rates. You know, financial markets are going to be really glued uh, on what this, the Fed has to say this week. I mean, the data this week is relatively light. We PMIs. Uh, in Europe on Friday but as you've pointed to the central bank is the critical piece here If for all those night owls out there in our listenership uh, the Bank of Japan is announcing at 3 o'clock Irish time Thursday morning the UK Bank of England announcement uh, from the MPC in London is at 12 midday on Thursday from Threadneedle Street as you said in your article the Bank of England is in that bit of a dilemma but the Monetary Policy Committee will be trying to go and just look forward without actually you know, upsetting the market yeah, and I said those PMI data later on in the week are important. Um, <clears throat> I think what's driving market expectations here is these, these forward-looking surveys of business activity for the services sector, for the manufacturing sector, are pointing to slower economic growth ahead. And the market's belief is that rates are low. So if central banks want to have an impact here, they need to get out in front of any slowdown activity and have their rate move rates before it actually lands on top of them. Um, so those PMI data towards the end of the week will be important. Uh, and I think, you know, central banks do pay attention to those surveys. So if there was a further weakening in the surveys, for example, uh, in, in in Europe and in the US, it certainly could pave the way for policies and by the ECB uh, later in the year and also from the Fed. So I think those data are important. The Fed and the Bank of England and the ECB do pay attention to them and they are good leading indicators of activity. These are June data we're getting towards the end of the week. So they are important figures, uh, definitely. Mostly Friday. Ali, okay, the the main message from today, and this is an important week, as you said, is that we've got the markets now convinced that the Fed will have to make up to four rate cuts, uh, one as early as potentially next month, another potentially in the autumn, and potentially two further cuts in 2020. And what I would say as well is, you know, Forex markets haven't moved much. They've been very stable. Okay, there's been a bit of softness around sterling, but if you look at the dollar and the euro, it's been at a 111 to 114 range, really, year to date. Again, uh, you know, depending on what the central bank says, depending on the reaction of financial markets, we could get a move in exchange rates. Now, it could go either way in terms of uh, what the Fed does. If there's a very negative reaction in markets, for example, to what the Fed pronounces, well, then you usually get a flight into the yen and into the dollar. On the other hand, if it signals a rate cuts around the way, uh, it could weigh on the dollar. So it's not just for stock markets and bond markets that this week's important. It's important for foreign exchange markets as well in terms of they've been very range-bound for the last six, nine months. But again, I highlight this is a big week in terms of it could trigger movements and not just directly for what the central bank says, it's the impact that has on financial markets as well that could trigger movements in foreign exchange markets. Ali, thank you for that. Listeners and customers, you have been warned because uh, next week is three-year anniversary of the Brexit uh, referendum result end of June 2016. We'll be speaking again next week. And thank you, Ali. Thank you to our customers and listeners for joining us on this, our weekly podcast. If this is your first time listening to our podcast, please press the subscribe button to AAB's Market Talk on iTunes or the podcast apps for iOS or Androids. And we look forward to speaking with you next week. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC. 
authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.